Hello and welcome to the All Ears podcast by Give Her Up with me, Jeremy Inson. Give Her Up is a non-profit organisation that was developed to help rugby union players, club members, volunteers and coaches feel more comfortable talking openly and honestly about their mental health and well-being. In this series we're talking to women and men from across rugby union to find out how their involvement in the sport has affected their mental health in good and bad ways and to share their stories and the lessons they've learned thanks to being involved in Rugby Union. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode one with me, Jeremy Inson. We've got a lot of episodes coming up uh, talking about mental health within Rugby Union, but first we thought we'd explain what Give a Ruck is all about uh, just give some understanding of what this podcast series is hoping to achieve. To, so to help us with this, we've got the founder of the uh, of the of the group, uh, Tessa Beecroft. Good morning, Tessa. Good morning. How are you feeling today? First of all, how's your mental health? Uh, it's pretty good today, actually. I'm a little bit tired, but I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. Thank you. How about you? Very well, very well. Lamenting the weather. It's supposed to be springtime, but apart from that, good to be here talking to you. Let's get straight into it. Uh, just tell us a little bit about Give a Ruck, uh, what it is, what the aims of it of it is. Sure. So Give a Ruck is a non-profit organisation which I founded in 2019 to help create awareness of mental health specifically within the sport of rugby union. So I've been involved with rugby union for coming up to 13 years now. Um, I'm a rugby coach, but I've been primarily involved as a sports therapist. Um, doing the pitch side first aid, so predominantly working in the physio room. And I noticed during my time in the physio room um, that there were there was potentially some work that needed to be done in making players, coaches and supporters and volunteers feel more comfortable talking about their mental health outside of the physio room. So I wanted to be able to create a platform that allowed them to talk openly and honestly about how they were feeling on the pitch, off the pitch, with each other, with other clubs, and just kind of bridge the gap between the physical welfare of players in the sport and their mental well-being as well. So Give a Ruck was designed to provide mental health training to community rugby clubs. We also work with elite rugby clubs across the country just to start those important conversations and to effectively show that we we do give a rug so and how did how did it get started you know you go back to 2019 what sort of steps did you take initially and and what really inspired you to to start it off you mentioned the physio the the conversation you had in the physio room yeah so i i was actually diagnosed with um severe anxiety and depression back in 2015 and i didn't realize that i had a mental health condition until I actually went on the mental health course. Like I was listening to all the symptoms and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is everything that I've been experiencing recently. So when I went to the GP, um, they ended up diagnosing me with anxiety and depression. Now that kind of really resonated with me because I was just, I, I didn't have a clue about mental health before then. And so I made it kind of my personal mission just to be really vocal about the fact that I was experiencing mental health problems. I wasn't shy about talking about anxiety. I wasn't shy about talking my de- about my depression. And so I found that as I was being more open and as I was being more vocal, 
players that I was working with were coming into the physio room and they were asking me questions like, you know, was this normal that you experienced this or I've experienced something similar and I'd really like to have a chat about it. But it was only until they kind of left the physio room that I realized that they weren't actually carrying on those conversations. They were just having those conversations with me in the privacy of the physio room, which obviously is a fantastic and a lovely situation to be in because they trusted me enough to be able to do that. But I felt like there was something else that needed to be created that allowed them to feel comfortable talking about it with the whole team. And so originally it was supposed to be a really small online local project. It was only ever supposed to be an online thing. Um, and we did a launch video with the club that I was working with at the time and it went viral overnight. Like we had thousands and thousands of views on Instagram. We had, you know, people watching the YouTube video and then loads of rugby clubs were just contacting us all at once saying, this is amazing that you're doing this. Do you provide training? Do you do this? And it, it became very, very apparent that there was a lack of training and a lack of knowledge being provided in the, in the rugby community. And so I decided that Give a Ruck was going to evolve to step up to, to the plate and, and provide that training. So we now look at providing mental health first aid training to, to clubs across the country, as well as bespoke workshops that maybe encourage them to look at how mental health can affect rugby performance, but also maybe what we can do as rugby coaches to um, better support people that are struggling with their mental health within teams. So. What sort of behaviour did you see from the players you were treating? You mentioned they, they talked to you about something that was bothering them inside and then they go outside and, and yeah, it, it was like the, wind, the, the conversation didn't ever, ever happen. What, so what sort of things were they doing? Oh, that's a really interesting question. So I think with anything with regards to mental health, you sometimes put on a bit of a mask. And it was just those players just putting on that mask. You know, they were only presenting what they wanted everybody else to see. So they wanted their teams to see them as, you know, strong and reliable and resilient and, you know, powerful. And, you know, all of these things that you want, you know, all of those qualities that you would like to have in a rugby player. And when they were coming into the physio room, they were showing me the sensitive side, the, the compassionate side, the emotional side, the fearful side, the worrying side, the, the slightly apprehensive side, the, you know, that low self-esteem, I'm not entirely sure if I'm, you know, I'm doing well enough or, you know, just, you know, a very, a very different side of what is what was being portrayed on 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 the rugby pitch and i think that's apparent for not just within rugby but within a lot of sports um and even in, in general day-to-day -day life like like i say you only ever present what you want to present to the world um and so i was in a very fortunate position where i got to see both sides and because i was having these conversations in the physio rooms and then seeing what the behavior was like outside of the physio room i could see that there was there were some issues that needed to be addressed. I could see that people were struggling and it then became apparent that, you know, just the one person that was coming in and having that conversation wasn't the only person. Like you could then recognize those similar behaviors within, within other players within the team. So. You mentioned that you were, you've mentioned you, you had had issues yourself, mental health and, and anxiety. While you were listening to these guys, 
unloading onto you. Um, how was that kind of affecting you? Um, in terms of my well-being, it wasn't affecting me, to be perfectly honest, because I'd gone, I, I was already seeking treatment. I was already going through a process of healing. I was already going through a process of understanding and awareness. So for me, it never felt like it was overwhelming. It felt more of a privilege. The fact that, like I say, people were coming in and trusting me enough to be able to share their experiences. And at the time, I was like, you know, I'm just somebody who has gone through something that's been really difficult. I've just been really open about it. So the fact that you're coming to me is was actually really humbling. Um, so, and obviously it had a huge effect on me in the sense that I felt compelled enough to want to support not just the players that I was working with, but, you know, my local rugby community and eventually, you know, national rugby community. So I am... Um, yeah, in terms of my own well-being, I've, I've never struggled with people sharing their stories with me. Uh, I've always felt that it's 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 a beautiful thing that they've been able to do that. So. And what sort of things were were affecting the players' behaviour? What issues did they have that that came up that they were they were happy to share with you? It's interesting because where I'm based in Norfolk, we have a very large agricultural community. And so mental health within the agricultural community is pretty high anyway. So it was it was all of these things that were relating to that predominantly. It was work. It was the fact that they were on their own. It was, you know, general things like relationship struggles or not getting enough balance, financial worries. You know, that's that's a huge thing, financial worries, especially at the moment, um, given the cost of living. So it was all of this. It was all similar things. There were also for, for some of the younger players, it was performance anxiety. Like, I'm not being selected for the team. What can I do to, to be better? Or am I am I good enough? Uh, it was social anxiety, actually being out in front of a crowd. And if they made a mistake, they would, they would be reliving it constantly. So there was the very sort of, uh, not general, but there were lots of different stresses in terms of personal lives that were affecting players. But also there was that rugby-specific uh, side of things that was also affecting them and yeah it was really interesting to see kind of the correlation between the two it was generally the the more senior players who were experiencing the personal anxieties and personal struggles and just personal stresses whereas the younger players were really focusing on that that rugby side of things which you I guess you would kind of expect because they don't have to worry about so many um, responsibilities so yeah and when you saw that, for want of a better phrase, gap in the market almost, of, of that this was something that was recurring, it wasn't just uh, a one-off once or twice, that you know, it was affecting a lot of players that you were dealing with. How did you go about getting it? How did you setting up the, the company? Of course, it's, you've got a fantastic, we've got a fantastic website um, and, and then bringing in players. We'll get around to the players maybe a little bit later on in, the, in this episode, but that, those first steps you took just to sort of, bring it all together under the the give a ruck banner uh yeah so it was like i say it was never supposed to be as big as what it was so i i i literally decided i was i actually met with one of my friends um he was one of the players that i was speaking to at the time and he was actually coincidentally going through his own mental health struggles as well and so we were supporting each other and that was kind of also detriment in the sense that if I if I hadn't been involved in rugby, I would never have created that friendship with him and we would never have had that mutual support for each other. So 
I met up with him. I said, look, I've got this idea. Do you think it's got legs? And he was like, yeah, sounds great. Just see what you can do with it. So we had a couple of meetings and we talked about kind of maybe what it would look like. Um, Cause I kind of wanted to get that player perspective as well. And I literally opened a, an Instagram account, created a logo and I got somebody to come and do a video for us, just kind of emphasizing the the messages, the key messages that I wanted to, I want to give a ruck to be. And that was literally the very first step. Like that was, that was it. And then obviously from there, it kind of grew to, <laughs> to what it is now. So it grew legs and ran away, but which is a good thing, of course. Yeah. Uh, the reactions you've had, what, where have they come from? What sort of things have people said to you about Give a Ruck? Um, and, and also how have people wanted to sort of help and contribute? So the reactions to Give a Ruck have been amazing. The support that we've had is, has been absolutely amazing. It's been so positive. I think given the fact that we also launched just before the lockdown started, so we launched in December 2019, and obviously by March 2020, we were we were in national lockdown. So the timing of it also contributed to, I guess, the growth of Give a Ruck very, very quickly. And people were very supportive. They wanted to be involved. They wanted to come on board as ambassadors because they wanted to be able to share those key messages they've wanted to to volunteer they've wanted to raise funds i mean the the team that i'm i'm involved with they i think the very first time i mentioned it to them they were like yeah okay let's do some fundraising as we're gonna you know do the yorkshire three peaks in the worst storm that the uk has experienced for 20 years um and we raised three and a half thousand pounds which was incredible and there have been lots of other people and lots of other clubs that have come together and raised funds because we are, we're not government funded. We are a non-profit organization. We are entirely dependent on the generous donations of other people. And that has been able to keep us going since 2019. So the, like I say, the support has been amazing. Uh, the response has been incredible. The, the stories that I get told on a regular basis in terms of, I'm really glad that I found I found the organisation because it allows me to explain what it is that I've been feeling. And even within the clubs now, I mean, I'm I'm involved with a with a national team. We went to we went to play an away game, which was like three and a half hours away, and somebody turned around to me in the clubhouse and was like, Oh my god, you're Tessa the Giver Ruck lady. And I was just in shock. I was just like, Oh my goodness, like that's amazing that you know what Give a Ruck is and that there is starting to, that connection is starting to build. And, you know, even within the local teams that I've been involved with, they've turned, even if they're not having those conversations, they've noticed that players aren't maybe, you know, feeling well that day. And they've gone up to them and they've gone, Give a Ruck? And they've gone, yeah. So even that phrase, Give a Ruck, has allowed, you know, the conversation to start or at least for that recognition and that understanding within teams that people might need additional support which has been amazing so this is the audience podcast by give a ruck with me jeremy inson i'm talking to give a ruck founder tessa beecroft who's explaining all about the organization and what its aims are and those players those initial those players who you initially spoke to sort of 
gave you the idea to to set something up like this the ones who were having those problems but then were going out and and not discussing them further and not sharing them with their teammates how have they uh, adapted and and grown and and yeah and benefited from give a ruck um it's really interesting because i've i've obviously with the, with the team that i was with initially i've lost touch with a lot of those players but you know i keep i keep sort of seeing things on social media and I'm seeing their confidence and I'm seeing their, you know, their self-esteem build. I'm seeing younger players starting their own businesses and going on to different careers. You know, I've seen, you know, some of the players that I've been working with recently, they've gone on to flourish and thrive. And I've had family members even approach me of those team members and say, thank you so much for starting this conversation and for helping out, you know, so-and-so when they were at most at need because it has made such a significant difference to their life they you know it they were in such a dark place we don't know what would have happened if that conversation hadn't started and that is so powerful and it's so meaningful um i had so the team that i was with initially we had a player who sadly passed away from motor neurons disease and before he before his speech started to deteriorate uh, I happened to meet him and he said to me, he was like, Tessa, thank you so much for looking after my boys and my team. He said, it means so much to me that you care enough about them to be able to look after them in the way that you do, not just in the physio room, but with Give A Ruck as well. And that was really significant. I, I can get, I get quite emotional about it, but yeah, that was, that was hugely significant. Uh, now you mentioned uh, being approached in a clubhouse on a away trip, three and a half hour journey away. Generally, that's the average length of away trips for a team based in Norfolk, I can imagine. But yep. uh, in, in terms of online, <laughs> through Instagram or other social media, what's the furthest furthest way it's had an impact? Australia. The furthest way you've had feedback from it, Australia. Okay, that's pretty. Yeah. Far. So I was actually approached by um, an individual who wants to who wants to start a give a ruck. Uh, community in Australia. Now, <laughs> the logistics of that are a little bit more difficult, but they they yeah. So <laughs> that was that was incredible that they wanted to do that on the other side of the world, so if there's a chance of a fat finding trip over there, I'd happily join you as, uh, as part of the <laughs> UK-based team. <laughs> um over time, <laughs> that'd be lovely, lovely bit of a yeah, bit of a fat finding mission help them out. Um anyway, as time went on, as time's gone on since 2019, uh, four years on almost um, from when you founded it. How's the scope of the work grown and, and sort of perhaps the direction and the focus changed? So, oh, it's a great question. So there's a lot, there's obviously a lot more that's being done now um, with regards to mental health within rugby. The RFU have certainly started looking at that, which is great because I felt that there was probably a gap there that they're now looking to address, which is fantastic. And there are also now other organisations and other charities that are also doing the same as what Giveruck is in terms of wanting to raise awareness and wanting to provide training. Now, a lot of those organisations do provide training to, to rugby clubs, but they also provide training specifically within schools. Um, so they're really targeting that educational sector, which is fantastic. Uh, so you've got, you know, sort of brave minds, you've got, um, I'm trying to think now, you've got loose heads, obviously. So you've got blokes who also do some great work within the mental health space. 
and it's great that that is now evolved so that it's not you know there's there's quite a few organizations that are taking on board that responsibility of, of starting those conversations in terms of the direction where give a ruck is going now uh, we've been very fortunate that we've been able to bring the mental health first aid training in-house so we are now going to be focusing very heavily on tr providing that um, free to clubs obviously based on, on our, our budgeting and our funding and just wanting to look at fulfilling our mission which has always been to make sure that there is at least one mental health first aider within every rugby club within you know within the country and so we're still on a quest for that logistics are slightly difficult because uh obviously there's lots of clubs all over the country that want want this training and we have to work that out but i think it's also we're coming to realize that we're stepping away from the the online stuff really and really focusing on that face-to-face -face sort of so in t when i talk about online i mean like the social media side of things and we're really focusing on the the face-to-face -face stuff and the interactions and the actual engagement with the communities we also want to to look at how we can engage with our ambassadors a little bit more and really just providing support that they need to be able to carry on these initiatives and um their policies and their ideas within within their clubs so and with the professional sector both on the rugby side you've mentioned the rfu but also the professional clubs um, and other unions around uh, around the world but also the professional sector uh, you know psychological health uh, mental health professionals what sort of work have has come with them and, and feedback and and exchanges have you had with with those bodies so we take the let's so, take the rugby ones first other professional clubs so we've we've been very lucky to work with uh lesser tigers and their college students and we've also been uh, working with exeter chiefs their community uh outreach programs and also uh, their academy players so we've gone and we've delivered workshops with them and we've delivered you know sort of this coaching element as well so the extra chiefs can really kind of look at how they best support people that are involved in their in their programs and that's been that's been really positive it's been great because then that's you know that's led on to various bits and pieces various projects that we're able to get involved with that maybe isn't totally within the remit of give a but we're providing support in you know uh uh a smaller training capacity so yeah, the professional sector, sort of people, you know, mental health professionals who, psychiatrists, psychologists, you know, all sorts of people who work in that sector. Has there been much crossover uh, feedback collaboration with that field as well? There has. There have been sports psychologists that have wanted to get involved um, in a professional capacity in terms of being able to deliver training. Unfortunately, though, as as I said, we are entirely run by volunteers and you know the the sports psychologists that want to get involved they're, they're not able to dedicate as much time as probably needs to be done in terms of volunteering so instead there's been a lot of research or we've been involved in a lot of research there's lots of uh, individuals come forward and asked if we can um maybe be interviewed and they can we can maybe have conversations with them so they can add them to their 
um, dissertations or their research that they're doing. So there was a really interesting study that was happening recently around whether concussions affect mental well-being and how that is potentially affecting um, rugby players. And so we were involved in terms of kind of trying to push that a little bit and uh, trying to, you know, we're waiting for some statistics around that research and what the outcome is around that. Well, we've been approached by uh, a psychologist who's looking at the correlation between, you know, female rugby and well-being as well. And there's been some findings and, uh, that have come out of that. So from a research point of view, people have been very intrigued because I think obviously this is something that at the time was quite unique. Uh, we weren't just creating awareness through, you know, this online campaign. We weren't just creating awareness through selling T-shirts and things like that. We were actually doing the training and seeing people face to face and working with clubs on the ground. So, uh, yeah, they've been they've been interested in that sort of capacity. And what's been your big success story? What's been the, what's what one can you uphold and say, look, this is how how it works. It does work. It is worth pursuing. Has it been one that oh, jumps out or is it just yeah. lots of little little ones? <laughs> I mean, there, there have been lots and lots of little ones, but I know it works because the club that I'm involved with, and obviously they've, they've got the benefit of me being involved in that club and I've, I've driven various bits and pieces through that, but they've got a club ambassador just like any other rugby club that gets involved in the Give Up Pledge they've had the training they've got mental health first aiders and that has worked in the sense that the entire club understands that culture the coaches are really aware of it they they have that as something that's in their mind to check in with their players regularly because they understand that it's not just the physical health of their players it's also the mental well-being of their players but also in terms of a club as a whole we're you know we're making sure that we're not shying away from those conversations that are potentially happening with the youth and minis. We're not, you know, there have been people in the clubhouse who were just coming to watch the games that have said to me, you know what, you just being involved here and us just having give a ruck as, as a campaign has really helped me to be open and honest about my well-being. And those are just supporters of the club. They're just coming to watch the games. So, and because I've been involved with those clubs and I've been involved with that team, I get to see that, you know, the players who do, who have directly come to me and said that they, they need support. And as a mental health first aider, I've been able to signpost them onto various things and various services that will, will benefit them. It's made a huge difference. And so I know it works, which is, which is great. So if we can get, you know, every club doing that, it'd be, it'd be brilliant. You mentioned Cubs there. Obviously, Cubs aren't just the men's first team or the women's first team. They, you know, they have kids playing there from about the age of three or four uh, through teenage years. How is it? Have you been able to spread it throughout the club, sort of to the minis and youth section, so that if if there are kids there that are having issues or their parents are having issues with them in one way or the other, sort of being able to um, to expand it so it, it helps them as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we've done we've done some workshops with the with the youth teams, and that looks slightly different in the sense that we're kind of 
encouraging this supportive I mean we're still creating a positive culture within the teams but we're also getting the the youth to realize that it isn't just a physical sport there's a mental mental aspect to that as well and kind of getting them to explore it that way we've also worked with youth coaches in providing training and getting them to come to workshops and providing mental health first aid training to them so that they can better support their their players and we're also um we've also got parents who've been mental health first aiders they've stepped forward and we've we've currently got a scheme where we call it the giver up guardians so any parent who's involved or any coach that's involved with youth and minis they can come on do the mental health training and that then allows them to to go and you know maybe start some conversations or do some activities with their teams that just allows them to check in on a regular basis so and what sort of stories have you heard about from the other clubs about how behavior has changed sort of the way people approach mental health issues and, and a realization that perhaps the old school coaching style of, uh, of mano a mano or, or, or bellowing at players simply um, using the stick rather than the carrot. Have you, what sort of stories have you had and feedback have you had of, of how that behavior has been affected by give a ruck? Yeah. So the feedback that we've had is the, it's certainly from coaches and when we've talked about, you know, how it can affect sporting performance and kind of looking at even things like how medication can affect performance. So the side effects of medication, taking, you know, antidepressants and, and, and those sorts of things has allowed them to really develop a more empathetic viewpoint from a coaching, from a coaching standpoint. So they've really understood that, you know, although you're coaching a team, you're still also having to coach individuals as well. And it's allowed them to take a step back and go on, okay, I need to reflect on how I can best draw out the qualities that I want from these players by knowing my team better and knowing my players better, understanding what isn't normal for them. Because if they're not just turning to turning up to training uh, because, you know, they just don't want to be there, but they're not turning up to training because they're anxious or they're feeling depressed, then that's something that I need to be able to recognize and I need to be able to be supportive of that rather than just writing them off. So the feedback in terms of that has been quite significant from coaches. Um, in terms of like other feedback that we've had from, from players, it's generally just been that it's just great that we don't have to have this man up attitude it is, you know, a woman up attitude. It can be a case of, you know, I'm just not feeling great today. So I'd really like some patience and just a little bit of understanding. And if anybody's got a time to, to maybe have a chat after training, I'd really appreciate that too. So. Now you, you mentioned, uh, you know, women players, men players, how's this sort of the approach changed uh, between men play male players and female players? Um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, it came up in the Women's Six Nations that started recently, sort of that there is a growing realization that women athletes are different from men. You know, the kit thing I think has been put to bed now, making sure the women specific kit not longer no longer just the hand me downs from the men's team, uh, but also sort of um, physical issues, uh, period anxiety for one, um, you know, and, and maternity issues. They're two of the big ones that have come up uh, in the last few months that 
but when it comes to mental health, the things that affect men aren't always going to be the things that affect the women. How how much has that been at the forefront of the thinking? So, admittedly, when when I first started Give a Ruck, because I've, I've been involved in men's teams for 13 years, and obviously men's mental health is, you know, there, there needs to be a lot of awareness and a lot of knowledge that's provided in that because the male suicide statistics are higher than, than females. So originally when I started Give a Ruck, it was very much focusing on that, that male side of things within the, within the rugby community. And obviously once we then got more, uh, once we were being contacted by clubs, it was very much the realisation that this needed to be more inclusive. So we needed to be involving the women's team more. We needed to be looking at the youth and minis. We needed to be looking at coaches, supporters, volunteers, everybody within the rugby club. And so it's been really interesting working with uh, male teams and women's teams because the conversations are always very, very different. Like you say, there are different things that worry uh, women than there are men. However, what always is that kind of familiar underlying connection between the two is that they've, they've always wanted something that allowed them to talk about it more openly and honestly and whilst women have been much better this isn't just within the rugby community but within the general population as a whole women have always been much better talking about things than than men have and that's why there are more diagnoses in women because they they're seeking more help from gps and they're you know they're they're getting the support that they need so it was interesting kind of bringing the male teams and the women team together because it was kind of seeing things from two different viewpoints of well we're actually we're actually comfortable talking about mental health but we still need to have some sort of platform that allows us to talk about it with the other teams with other people in the community and we don't necessarily know where we need to go to for support so we're still kind of you know pushing that signposting quite a lot so it's a uh, yeah, it's been really interesting, actually, having the conversations with the, with the two different teams. So. This is the All Ears podcast by Give a Ruck with me, Jeremy Inson. I'm talking to Give a Ruck founder Tessa Beecroft, who's explaining all about the organisation and what its aims are. You've had feedback from, from those you've helped. But in terms of feedback uh, and, and other places to help, where did you sort of go to to get a bit of direction and develop a little bit more understanding of, of some of the issues? The issues in terms of, in terms of the the issues that um, that the people people were coming to you and talking about uh, that were affecting their mental health, and and sort of yeah and and, ha- and and talking to people with maybe a slightly deeper understanding of them, um, from almost from a medical point of view. Yeah, absolutely. So I should probably explain that you know I'm I'm trained in community mental health and psychiatry. I'm not a counsellor. Uh, I am also a mental health first aid instructor myself, and I have various qualifications in mental health awareness. So I am not a psychologist, I'm not a counsellor, and I don't profess to be. Everything that I do in terms of um, the the workshops and the training is very much within the qualifications that I've got. So if somebody is in need of more support, it's very much signposting them to all of the services that are, you know, uh, you would any professional would recommend somebody gets involved with so 
you know, we, we do refer to, to GPs, we do refer to the NHS with mental health care community teams. There are obviously various local, regional mental health support units that are available, and that's going to be different for, for each region. But anybody who's in a crisis, obviously, we, we also encourage them to go to um, A&E. There are also a number of different charities that we recommend people get in contact with as well if they feel that they're struggling. So certainly the Samaritans, if somebody is in crisis, they have a telephone helpline, which is incredibly useful. The Mind Charity, obviously one of the biggest mental health charities, so they've got a wealth of information and support groups that are available. And then there are text charities such as Rethink and Shout that we refer people to as well. So if somebody is struggling, we're very much uh, in terms of kind of what, I mean, from, from personally, from my point of view, from a, I guess, from a sports therapist point of view, I am doing what I'm, what I've been taught to do in my mental health first aid training, which is is literally that to provide first aid and to signpost accordingly. So, if someone was interested in in becoming a a mental health counsellor or first aider or uh, uh, and following some of the roles that you did, what would your advice to be, and and how would they go about it? Well, that's a good question. So if you're interested in it, I would certainly encourage you to do one, first of all, the mental health first aid course. That's your first point of call because, you know, it's it's a it's a two day course and it provides you with the funda- fundamentals of what mental health is, how you can start that conversation and how you can best support somebody. If you then feel that you're capable to fulfill that role and if you want to take on that responsibility, because you should never take on something that is um going to affect your own well-being right so you need to make sure that you're comfortable with that as well just kind of that you know reflecting back on the the question that you asked me earlier like you you should always make sure that you're protecting your own well-being um and not sacrificing it the benefit of helping others so make sure you're comfortable with that then if you want to go from there i'd certainly encourage you to look at you know mental health as uh, sort of qualifications within the community if you're generally looking to do that kind of awareness if you're looking to go into counselling, then obviously you need to do a specific counselling course. So, And there, there are loads and loads of different courses now that are available that you can do online. It doesn't necessarily have to be at an institute. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's lots and lots of different things that you can do. And certainly reflecting back on the, on the charities. So I know specifically that Mind Charity offer lots of different training workshops around um they do also do one around physical activity for for mental well-being so if you're interested in the sporting side of things that might be a great one to kind of just get a foundation feel for they do workshops with regards to to suicide prevention how to best support work colleagues all those sorts of things so it's well worth taking a look at their website as well if there's one one place they can go to to start with where would you advise with regards to that, I would say go to go to Minds because they've got lots of different things that you can explore. So there you go. Um, now there's been a number of pretty high-profile ambassadors have come on board. Jacques Van Portfleet, the uh, the England Leicester Tigers scrum half, Matt Garvey, Matt Jess, two uh, two former Premiership players, Garnet um, McKinder, another Premiership player in the women's Premiership. Uh, there's any number of them if you look on the website there's some very high profile people on there how did you get them involved and uh did you contact them did they contact you and and what have they got from what have they got out of being part of give a rock uh, we've been we're very very lucky to have the support of all our ambassadors it's been a mixture of both so the the first few ambassadors that we had come on board i actually got contacted them and 
then I've had some ambassadors who've contacted me asking to be involved. So Matt Jess literally straight away was like, this is something that I want to be involved with. How do I, how do I become an ambassador? And I was like, well, let's just consider you an ambassador right now. Like, <laughs> So he's very, very proactive. And then, you know, the other connections that I've made, you know, it's been, you know, just contacting them directly, just explaining what it is that Give a Ruck is doing, if they feel that's something that they can support and would they like to be involved. And like I say, we're very lucky that the, the, the reaction has been yes, absolutely, yes, please. So it's, it's, it's quite nice for me because obviously some of our ambassadors are, are Norfolk, Norfolk boys. So we've kind of got that connection. And yeah, what we're encouraging them to do isn't, you know, it's not just a case of selling t-shirts on their social media. We want them to be doing more in terms of actually helping to share their experiences and also sharing what they think are their key messages. So recently, we've certainly started putting out a lot more of um, ambassador visit videos, which is getting them to explain what maybe, you know, how their mental health may, might have been affected during their professional um, professional careers, uh, how they deal with mental well-being on a daily basis, and what maybe makes them anxious, and just kind of getting into some deeper conversations with them. And I think that's really important because. You know that's that's how we break down the stigma right it's how we how we break down the stereotypes so having having our high profile ambassadors being able to do that is is significant and we're really appreciative of that so um, let's step back a little bit how did you become involved in rugby in the first place and what was it that you liked about it <laughs> so i i fell in love with rugby initially when I was very small I must have been about eight or nine and I saw the All Blacks perform the Hacker on TV after that I was like this this is incredible these people are superhuman I love everything about this I just want to watch it all the time and it kind of evolved I mean I, I never thought that I would be able to have a career in rugby I actually trained in law, so I was a lawyer for many, many years. And I'd gone through this period of stress and I'd realised that this just wasn't a career that I could sustain till, you know, my retirement age. I was like, I just don't want to do this. This is this it's just making me miserable. So as I was transitioning, I, I went travelling. I actually went to New Zealand, I went travelling around New Zealand and I came back and I was I remember specifically watching a game I was watching a Barbars game at Twickenham and I saw somebody run onto the pitch helping one of the players and I was like that's really cool I'd like to be that person and so I went into sports massage and injury rehab and it kind of just yeah the change of career just that just came from there so I volunteered my time to a local rugby club I, I volunteered my time for I think it was about five years uh, before they took me on in a, in a paid capacity and it just uh, I did my rugby coaching I did my level two and yeah just kind of grew from that really how has it affected your mental health obviously you mentioned in a good way you know you found a job that you know, you're passionate about and a role you're passionate about have you ever felt it affecting it in a negative way um, and sort of feeling those stresses feeling those strains that you talked about with other players um as well yeah so it's it's affected me in a positive way in the sense that i've always 
I guess it's given me that sense of belonging and that sense of family and that camaraderie, which I really, really value as a person. Like I, I that's hugely important to me. I, I'm a very individual person, very independent person, but at the same time, I like to feel that I'm part of part of a family and that I'm contributing to that in some way. So looking after players has been something that I've always really enjoyed and I've always felt is a real privilege. So from a positive aspect, you know, that is what rugby has given me. It has allowed me to fulfill parts of my identity that um, are really, really significant to me. In terms of a negative way, you know, it's, I guess the only negative is that I've always kind of, I've always been in the position of helping people and I've always wanted to help people as much as I can. So it hasn't necessarily affected my my mental well-being, but physically it has done because I've, you know, I've, I've worked the long hours, I've gone over and above what potentially is my role to make sure that people are okay and, and I guess once once you get to that physical stage of burnout that's when your well-being starts to deteriorate so the physical stress then accumulates to to mental stress and then that can trigger obviously various bits and pieces uh i've been really fortunate that during my own experiences i've discovered lots of tools that are helpful to me and when i've got to that point i've realized that i needed to take a step back so there have been a couple of times during seasons where I've had to go, no, you know what? I maybe need a little bit of support here or I need to take a step back from the team. All your time involved in rugby, what would you say is uh, has been the highlight for you? Obviously, the biggest highlight has been starting Giverock. Like All my time involved in rugby, being able to do or start a project that gives back to a sport and a community that I absolutely adore um, has been by far the, the standout point for me and it's the thing that's brought me the most reward as well so yeah how would you like to see give a rock develop and and what sort of things have you got planned uh, for for the near future oh that's a good question so in terms of where i would like give a rock to be in the future i'd like us to be I'd like there to be a mental health first aider in every rugby club. That is, of course, our mission, and that's something that I hope that we do succeed at. And it would just be nice to be able to go to or continue to go to to different rugby clubs across the country and see the Give a Rock logo so that we know that they're involved in starting those important conversations. We'd we'd like there to be more pledged clubs involved with us and uh, committed to creating that positive culture and committed to undergoing that training as well not just for the teams that are there now, but also for the future generations of players and just to really challenge that stigma. So moving forwards, that's what I would like to be able to see from Give a Ruck. I'd also like there to be um, a proper team behind us. So as I said right at the start, we are uh, we're, we're run by volunteers. And so I'd like there to be able to be a point where we can apply for government funding and perhaps get a full team behind it so that we can continue to grow and continue to meet the needs that are there within the clubs and the communities. And in terms of what we've got in place for now, we are continuing to to provide the training in the way that we're doing. 
Uh, but we've also got our very first Summer Sevens tournament that's happening, which we're really excited about. So that's going to be a great opportunity to meet other teams, get other clubs involved and just to have a have a great day. And hopefully that'll be something that we continue to have in the in the calendar each year as a as a meet and a greet and just an opportunity to start those important conversations. Now, staying with the Sevens, that's the 10th of June, isn't it, up at North Walsham Rugby Club? Would you like to tell us a little bit more about it, what's going on? Yep, so as you said, it's 10th of June at North Walsham Rugby Club. We are uh, putting on the tournament for men's rugby, women's rugby and touch rugby. And it's going to be a great day. We're going to have some some enjoyable rugby, obviously, but we're also hoping to get some guest speakers in, some masterclasses, as well as having some live music. There's going to be a theme, a fancy dress theme for the day as well. Um, and there's going to be lots of different street foods that you can try. So it really is going to be uh, an, an enjoyable day out. In terms of the rugby, we're looking at the developmental side of things. So it's going to be open to age groups 18 to 24. And we specifically wanted it to be like that so that we're encouraging sort of younger players to come in and so that it's not just this competition that's focused on elite performance. And and so hopefully it'll be a lot more inclusive and a lot more diverse. And yeah, just really looking forward to it. Uh, final question. Someone uh, out there, someone listening, hopefully they want to open up about their mental health, uh, what would you advise? So if, if somebody's out there and, you know, they're wanting to start that conversation or if they think that they're, you know, potentially struggling with a mental health condition, I want you to know that you're not alone. There are, you know, the statistics is one in four people are struggling with a mental health problem. So you're definitely not the only person who's ever gone through um, what you're going through. And my advice would be to to reach out and ask for help from the the charities that we've already spoken about so the samaritans you can go you can contact mind you've got rethink you've got shout those tech services i would also encourage you to go and speak to your gp um, and the mental health community care teams that we've got involved in the nhs and if you do feel that you are in a crisis then obviously please 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 go to a and e they will be able to support you immediately but um, my, my main message with that is know that you are not alone. Give a Ruck was started primarily to show players, coaches, volunteers and supporters that they're not alone and that we do care, that we do give a Ruck. So if you need somebody to talk to, then we are here, but we would also encourage you to go and seek those professional services as well. So, Brilliant. Great advice there. Uh, Tessa, thank you so much for chatting, telling us all about Give a Ruck today. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the whole series. Yes, yes, I'm really excited about some of the conversations that are going to be forthcoming and uh, hopefully everybody else is too. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks very much. That was the All Ears podcast with me, Jeremy Inson. Thanks for listening and remember to subscribe and follow us on all the usual social media channels. See you next time.